Hello, everybody. Welcome to Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast here on Boss Rush Games. And I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deer. Alongside me, as always, is the wise Wisconsinite, Mr. Jesse Douglas. He waved. He's muted. How's it going, everyone? Uh, <laughs> I have mine muted because the kids are talking and stuff. Also joining us is the 100 percenter of Fortnite, Mr. Colonel Panic himself, Joe Wilson. 2020, get fucked. Hmm. Only a hundred percent. Last but not least, joining us is the what do we call him? The master of Night City, the mayor of Night City, the the Marty hmm, McFly, maybe the Finny Silverhand himself, Mister Josh Finney. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you so much. Your nicknames are the worst. You were no, the only the one best. who laughs at them. They're the best. Doc Lord. They call him the Doc Lord. <laughs> the fixer. <laughs> the ripper himself. How's everyone doing? Good? Great? Grand? Wonderful? Good. Yeah. I'm good. I've amassed a mass fortune of like 600,000 credits in Cyberpunk, so I finally went and paid um, Vic back. Eddie's. Sir. Yep, I, I, I got I got uh, I got you Eddie's cheap motherfucker. I paid Vic back the first time I had that twenty one k. I didn't. I'm I selfish. Also did. I'm greedy, and he didn't take it offensively. When mm. I found out that he wasn't going to take it offensively if I didn't do it, I reloaded my save and walked away. Hmm. <laughs> the worst. So worst. and then I bought a whole bunch of implants at other Ripper Docks because they're better than the shit he carries. I mean that's fair, but. Listen, I found mantis blades. He saved in your a life, dude. Chest, and I'm very excited about it. Saved your life. <laughs> saved your life. He did save my life, but he didn't get this chip out of my head, so job's only half finished. It's fair, you know. That's fair. True. True. It's, that's you know. I give you that. GGs, GGs to uh, my boy Vic. Guys, guess what? I have great news. I have great news. Do you? Uh, yeah. Let's hear it. I have secured. An S for the office. Nice. To stream from. Take that, Game Pass Gary. Yeah, Game Pass Gary. Yeah. Little Timmy. <laughs> Mommy, I want a party. game. I want an Xbox. for Christmas because this guy needs two. Yeah. <laughs> Eat it. Actually, I might need three. You know what? Jesus yeah. Christ. Mm. Full disclosure, I have bought three Xboxes this season so far. Well, they all weren't went, all for you, though. They all went to other people. Surprisingly, yeah. in the last week, I've had about 11 next-gen systems and carts just to see what would happen. So, I <laughs> had several of the GameStop bundles in my cart, but let me tell you something. Fuck you for bundling games together that I would not play. Like, I can live with getting Miles Morales on a disc. I would prefer to have everything digitally, but whatever. Right. But then, like you bundle in NBA 2K, they had like, a they had a Spider-Man Demon Souls bundle. I didn't the, see that, but I, I'm not going to play that. I don't. I don't. I probably won't play Demon Souls either. I mean, I won't I just, either. But I just wish that, like, I'm fine with spending like the extra money and you bundling shit together that I don't need. But like, mm-hmm. let me pick. 
let me just choose out of a list of items what I can bundle together, and then just let me do it. They had that one. Did you see where you got like a? You had to like you got also like a gift card. Mm-hmm. The twenty dollar gift card for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> I hate GameStop so much. I literally only go there if I absolutely have to. At this point, we Listen. shit on GameStop so much, but I always crawling back. <laughs> I know it's yeah. like that well, terrible ex girlfriend. That's a personal problem to me, Joe. Yeah, I basically only go there like when I want to get uh, like an action, like looking for like a collectible type stuff. You should more have seen than, than games. I don't go there for games. Anymore. You should have. You should have seen. You should have seen how mad how mad they were when I took my like. This was a long time ago when I decided to make the full switch to digital. When I took my entire stack of physical games in there, except for like a couple that I really love, and <laughs> traded them in for gift cards. You should have seen your faces. <laughs> oh, man, it was awesome. Such a good time. So, oh, man, GameStop. I can't say anything bad until it ships. It's fine. Yep. Just going to throw that out there. But uh, Once it shows up on his doorstep, though, look out, GameStop. Yeah. You guys are in for a bunch of shit on the internet. Mm, I'm going to take a poop in a brown paper bag and light it in front of your door. Y'all, y'all are in for an ass whooping on a semi-professional internet podcast. Yeah. <laughs> semi- oh, you think we're semi-professional? Yeah, I, I know. I say semi-obscure <laughs> and came out as professional, so I went with it. Oh, well, we got your number. Yeah. So it's easy to remember. It's zero. Before before we go into all the other stuff, I have to pose a question to everybody. How much is too much to pay for? an action figure that I haven't had my whole life that have I wanted. Um, it depends. Do you need more details? Yes. Yes. How so, much? Yeah. What percentage of your yearly income is it? Like, is, it? is it like a Ninja Turtle? <laughs> is it like a GI yeah, Joe? How, how many years have no, you heard so, this, Joe? Since uh, Halo 3. Okay. It's the oh, McFarlane the Halo Hunter. It's McFarlane Hunter, like the big ooh, Hunter. Ooh, oh, cool. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, okay, I know which one you're talking about. I think mm-hmm. too much money would probably be like 150 bucks. Okay. That makes me feel good. I'm okay. Go around yeah, the horn. If... Everyone just 150? Is that the cutoff? Yeah, yeah. So well, what, what's, for... What is it? Like six inches, 12 inches? What? How big? I think it's 12 or 14, right? I, 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 it's over six inches, but I think it's because it's with the eight inch figure, so it's probably 10 or 12. Uh, I would absolutely pay. Probably, I would go a little over 150 if I had to. Okay, but I think that's a fair price. Speaking of figures, right. speaking of figures, the the giant Titanfall figure that came with the collector's edition of the first one is for sale mm-hmm. at my local game store. Still, it's been there for like yeah. three years, and it's ninety two dollars. I would buy that in a go grab it. Yeah, go grab yeah, it. I know. Go Corey, how much would it we'll cost wait. you to ship it to me? Live stream it. Live stream you purchasing it. Live stream <laughs> Twitch IRL. How much it would cost to ship it to me? I'll buy it. Hmm. Double. Oh fuck you! <laughs> Actually, that's probably accurate though. Honestly. Yeah, especially if you're going on eBay, it's like this item costs seventy eight dollars to ship, and it's like Pokemon cards. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Seventy-eight dollars. Get insurance on the Pokemans. Speaking of Pokemon cards, I have like a thousand of those fuckers to get rid of. Like, I don't want them. I don't care. Somebody, please take them. They're like, they're like the original like fossil. I'll take them. Jungle and uh, original (laughs) starter packs plus like a thousand booster cards. 
Pony I'll take them because my kids. <laughs> no, no my foil Charizard. It's the only card I'm missing, by the way, yeah. everybody. So sorry. Yeah. Pony up the Eddies, boys. But yeah, Joe, 150. I'd absolutely pay that. Yeah. All right. How much is I've it? Got, uh, right now it's at 80. Oh. Uh, oh, God. But I've got, I got two hours left. Oh. Uh, oh, dude. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're yeah. good. You're mm-hmm. good. Uh, okay, so before we get into the, the this, this episode is going to be a little bit longer, but if you're watching live, you're going to get the full episode. If you're listening on podcast services, this episode is going to be split in half. We're going to talk about the Game Awards announcements and kind of Xbox's first party announced games. And then the second half of the show, we're going to answer a whole bunch of listener questions that will go up the week after. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, we're going to answer Greg Osterman's question first, as tradition dictates. Nice. We answer Greg Osterman the third. This guy, he's an email writing machine. I, I, I... are you okay, Greg? Do you do you do you need something else to do? Do you have an Xbox to play? Yeah, it never really seems to be a gaming-related question. It's always food. Maybe he's an out-of-work chef. Maybe. maybe. Or or maybe more. Maybe he just plays so many games that he needs uh, an opportunity to to talk about something else. Or. <laughs> Oh God! The Giants are playing Colt McCoy against the Browns. Oh God! I remember when that was the reverse. Um, Greg Osterman writes in. He says, "By the way, guys, I'm watching the Browns game because they're on Sunday Night Football for some reason this week against the Giants, which is whatever." <laughs> hey, legends! He called us legends. Hmm. He called us legends. We made it, guys. We made it. It's the holiday season. Christmas is coming. It's time to get fat. What are your favorite Christmas <laughs> foods and why? Do you have any weird ones? Huge fan of the show, and you've brought me so much fun and distraction throughout a year, throughout the year. And I really hope more and more people find your show. Thanks, Thank you. Greg. We appreciate Thank you, Greg. Yeah. We appreciate the food-related questions. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't had enough of that this weekend. By the way, the ice cream stand by my house had July and Christmas instead of Christmas in July. And they were like selling all kinds of ice cream treats and stuff. And we went tonight, and I had a had a giant milk, a hot fudge milkshake. Mm. So if I like go sprinting out of the room, just I had a milkshake. Okay. Just, Are you sorry. lactose intolerant? Sure am. We'll find out tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find yeah. live on Twitch.tv. How much can yeah. he tolerate? We're actually, I'm okay. actually going to switch the stream to me. Uh, garbage shooting all over the bathroom twitch irl and get banned like dr disrespect someone's someone right now is (laughs) is voting on this whether Corey has it or not in vegas uh so what are your favorite christmas foods gentlemen um for me i well, there's there's certain things that our family that you know my wife's family does around the, this time of the year that I, I guess uh, I guess probably a, a good chunk of people do as well. Um, but I I always look forward to having the Cornish hens. Cornish hens. Yeah. Oh, do you eat with your pinky out? Mm-hmm. Do you drink out of little tiny teacups? Little tiny yep. tiny yep. teacups. Only I are you only required take to sips? speak in a British accent while you eat dinner? Do you have the wigs in the in the? Sir Winston, this tea and crumpets is just too cold for me. 
<laughs> I dare say mine's just right. I do <laughs> say cheerio, young chap. Do you use cloth napkins? Uh, Are you, yes. Is your silverware made out of pure gold? Or real no, silver? No, I don't like gold. Mm. Platinum. Silver. Have you had a tea party in the Bay recently? Mm. Do all your dishes match? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> are, your, are your cups glass or plastic? Or Both. porcelain. <laughs> mm. Yeah. They, How many butlers you, serve please. each course? <laughs> the, only three. Do you have a butler named Reginald? <laughs> no. And a driver we... named James. Who also accept Alfred. <laughs> Or Ducksworth. Yeah. Do they have long <laughs> waistcoats? Mine's Pentington. Pentington. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some Cornish game hens. What do you eat with the, uh, the Cornish hens? <laughs> I mean, honestly, we usually just eat, you know, like the Wimbledon wedges. The same you would eat with, with Thanksgiving dinner. Tater tots. <laughs> Fish and chips. They're not a fry. Yeah. <laughs> the waffle yeah. fries. Tater. They're the best. Yeah, the tater tots. tots. <laughs> by Easy the, tots from, from uh, Burger King. By the way, I was on Twitter today, side tangent. The uh, Disney food blog tweeted out a new breakfast snack that you can get with your uh, dining plan next year. It's a uh, sausage gravy tots, mm. and I was that like, was "Man, that's what I want." Corey, have you ever had the tater tots that they serve at that stand? Yeah, it's the only place on earth that I like tater tots because they put shredded buffalo chicken on top of them. I'm aware, and it's just my the heart. My my heart hurts because of the heartburn, but it's so worth it. I do it to myself. I feel gloriously fat doing it, and then I do a few laps around the castle to make myself feel good. You know what they say: the heart wants what the heart definitely doesn't want. <laughs> Listen, the heart if wants they, what if the they heart would just uh, like, they should just sponsor that stand by Tums. <laughs> Speaking of Tums, did you have you had the pulled pork mac and cheese over at Animal Kingdom? No. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I did actually. What? How often that do you guys really go to Disney World? At least like once or twice a year. Do you really? I yeah, we used to go like three times a year. I go, I go about once a year. Yeah, I've I've only been like twice in my life. So I, well, we have a, all all family has long long share, after so. I was a kid. Well, I my know. my mom my mom used to work now for who's Disney eating with with their fingers. Uh, okay. <laughs> my mom used to work for Disney, and we used to go on her like employee discount or whatever. Yeah, but then we just kept going after she left. And gotcha. it's amazing. I love that place. I actually went in February mm-hmm. about a week before it closed down because of the pandemic. So do you go to Florida or California? Florida, Florida. Yeah. I've fun fact, never been to Disneyland. Would really like to someday. Yeah. Corey so, and I have a running joke that in the five years that we've known each other, every single time that we've gone to Disney, we have gone within like a week and a half or two weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just by complete happenstance. And mm-hmm. we've never run into each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's what's funny though. Like with the whole, like, you know, Florida or, or California thing, California is such a better state to be in. <laughs> like, yeah, but, it is, but they have the one, but no Disney. one ever goes there. Yeah, yeah. But Disney world is infinitely better than Disneyland. Yeah. From everything yeah. that I've heard. So. At, 
I've been to both. Disney World is better. Disneyland is fun if you plan on doing non-Disney things on your trip. Yeah, also if you planned on spending more money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, (laughs) back to holiday food. Let me tell you, you, my mom never makes traditional holiday food. I cannot tell you the last time we had, like, a turkey or something for a holiday. And your house for Thanksgiving, then. Yeah, we had yeah. we actually had a giant breakfast for Thanksgiving because we went in the morning, mm-hmm. and we had like quiche and waffles and bacon and sausage and all kinds of things. It was delicious. <laughs> the one time that we made thanks or Christmas dinner for my future in laws, they were very offended that we did not cook a traditional meal and swore they would never come to our house again. So I was the real winner. Good job. Yeah, I was gonna say they were very well upset worked. that um, Chelsea and I made. So we asked her mom what she wanted. She's like, oh, anything that you guys make will be fine. So we were like, OK, she goes, but whatever you do, I'd like for you to make the Chelsea makes mashed potatoes with cheese in them. And they're delicious because they're not her mom's recipe. She got the inspiration from her and she made them actually edible. Hmm. So Chelsea made those, but. We were really strapped for cash. It was our first time living together. We were living on one check, and, you know, we decided to make pizzas. They were very offended that we made pizzas for them for Christmas. And the entire, and I'm not kidding you, the entire day of Christmas Eve, we were judged under her mother's breath. Just loud enough so we could hear it, but just quiet enough so she could deny ever saying it. Since then, they have not been to my house for a meal, and that was four years ago. <laughs> so, this year, uh, I, I grew up on a farm, so we had a very classic, I would say, Christmas. We would have turkey, mashed potatoes, basically Thanksgiving, too. Did you have to mm-hmm. kill the turkey yourself? No. Oh, I don't. God. I, I was, from a very early age, an indoor kid. Mm-hmm. Um, we would do... Um, there's a story that my mom tells, oddly enough, almost every holiday or every time I've like brought a girlfriend <laughs> to the house and she'd have to like embarrass me or reveal something about myself. Yeah. There was a time that we were moving River Rock um, from one part to another part. And we had like one tractor. And so we would like load up the tractor with stuff and then we'd get like buckets of them and like dump them. And I'm like, I don't know, 10, not old, but like old enough mm-hmm. to carry a bucket full of rocks. And uh, my mom was like, she's like, we're going to do this. And then afterwards, we can go swimming. And I put down the bucket. And I'm like, you know what, mom? Uh, this isn't for me. I'm going to go inside and watch cartoons. And then you tell me when we're done so we can go swimming. Mm-hmm. And like that, that was like, then after that, it was like, okay, Joey is like the inside. And I burn real easy and stuff like that. I am definitely <laughs> like the anemic kid that lives in a bubble. And everybody else in my family is like super muscular and tan. And they're always outside. I'm the opposite. <laughs> anyway, so we had like, we would have turkey, mashed potatoes, uh, yeah, corn, like all oh, whatever you would expect on like a farm. We would have pierogies, um, but then I stopped eating meat. Uh, now, probably 10, 12 years ago, it's been a while. Uh, so that kind of upended like everything, and now like my mom's always like insecure. So it's so great this year that I'm not. We're not going anywhere. We're staying home, um, and we're still gonna have like mashed potatoes and stuff on Christmas day with a, mm-hmm. like a fake and like an Im- imitation Turkey or something like that. But Christmas Eve, 
we're doing something that I've always wanted to do, and I hope it becomes a tradition. And Josh, you'll appreciate this. We're going to make pizza on Christmas <laughs> oh, Eve, yes. and that's going to be our Christmas Eve tradition. I love Christmas pies. I, I, so we make a pizza now every Friday. Since the pandemic started, I make a pizza every Friday. Uh, but Christmas falls on a Friday, so instead of that, we're pushing it to Thursday. So hopefully that'll be just our new tradition is every Thursday, have a pizza. Nice. My family always did pizza growing up on Christmas Eve. We, mm-hmm. we would go to church. We'd celebrate, you know, little baby infant Jesus. Mm-hmm. I would inevitably almost catch something on fire playing with the candles that they gave us for Silent Night. <laughs> we would come home, we'd have pizza. And I would always get to open up my presents from my actual mom because she would send them in the she sends them in the mail and stuff. Well, that was tradition until I was like 13 and she decided to stop doing that. So after that, my grandma like improvised and would like let me and my cousin each open a present from like her and my grandpa on Christmas Eve. And I'm proud to say that I am 28 years old and my grandma is still keeping that tradition going strong. I still get a Christmas Eve present from her. It's usually (laughs) something like it's a game or something that I really want, but the rest of my family will absolutely judge me for. So I'm the only one who goes and sees her on Christmas Eve anymore. Like after church, like everybody else goes home because they've like, they're all married and have families now. But like I go wherever she lives, like her retirement home for my aunt's house in Britain this year. And there's always a video game of some sort. Love and it. It's <laughs> I love it. That's funny. My uh, my grandma, the last thing she ever said to my cousin before she died was he was screwing around and she held his hand above the stove and she said, do you want to feel what hell feels like? Jesus Christ. Don't stop screwing around during the prayer. And that was the last thing she ever said to him before she died. I fall asleep when we pray in church. So, and my grandma, like, inevitably hits me. That's why she makes me sit next to her now. <laughs> she, like, just glares down the down the pew. And at first, you know, it, it looks like you've got your head bowed and you're praying. Then she figured out my dad and I were both falling asleep. So now we have to sit on either side of her when the family goes to church. Hmm. Fun. Fun. <laughs> That's been Adventures uh, with Grandma on Christmas Eve. I love it. I don't. Yeah, that's. I like the video game part of the story. Yeah, I don't like yeah. The getting hit part. Yeah, the, the it was worth it though to get that video game early. <laughs> yeah, worth, of course it is. It, baby, twenty-eight years strong over here. You yeah. take take your licks, man. Yeah. The Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I know because I did the shopping. Jesus! Wow. <laughs> wow. I uh, <sighs> I think I'm gonna move on from that. Well, <laughs> just whatever. This is Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast, where each and every Sunday night live here on Twitch.tv/slash Bosch Rush Games Live, we discuss the world of Xbox with our friends from around the internet. If you can't join us live, no big deal. Head on over to YouTube.com/slash Bosch Rush Games and podcast services every Tuesday to check out a new show. Leave us a nice review on iTunes and rate and subscribe to Arsenal X wherever you listen and. Make sure you catch all of our shows on BossRushGames.com. Guys, this is the final live episode of the year. Part one and part two. Yeah. We didn't go over the Game Award stuff, but we're going to. We're not going to go over the winners because, honestly, nobody watches it for the, the winners. Right? They're not real awards anyway. Yeah, we all watch for the 
the announcements, the big, yeah. the big shindigs, the big, uh, you know, the games that we all kind of want to see coming out in the near future or far future, depending on what announcements were made. So it's it's very similar to the Super Bowl that there's a most of the people watch not for the actual content of the, the what's happening, mm-hmm. but they watch it for the commercials. The only difference is. I'm actually watching it for the commercials for the commercial sake and not yeah. necessarily for <laughs> the entertainment value of Clydesdale yeah. doing something weird. I don't know. Well, and and every every award show is all the same. It's all most of the things that win the award either you don't care about or you know, you may not <laughs> may not have even played or you know or watched or whatever you want to call it. I yeah like I I just I don't pay attention to awards I don't pay attention to reviews like ratings as far as like you know making my decisions on things so it's it's just really it's really hard for me to get excited about that part of it um but yeah like definitely we were you know like there was rumblings uh. about stuff happening and getting to see some new stuff so that's that's i think what brings a lot of people there to be honest yeah so uh so the main i think the major drop for for xbox fans uh during the game awards was perfect dark uh being Mm -hmm. made by the initiative which kind of the worst kept secret besides fable (laughs) for a long time so uh (laughs) confirmed to be a first person shooter um how does everybody feel about that like uh, first of all how does everybody feel about perfect dark in general i mean i love it uh oh josh i'm so excited i'm so excited so the the thing that got me excited was the laptop gun in the hallway i think was like the first kind of like okay this is kind of hype right now it it was one of those moments like you know you get the really quick teaser and then you have the you you have like the mini dev diary mm-hmm. and i'm just like sitting there like is this fucking real is this really happening <laughs> and it's, happening. it's not just that i'm excited for perfect dark like i i really like the perfect dark universe i got a mm-hmm. 360 on launch date partially to play perfect dark zero so imagine how upset 13 year old josh was when he unwrapped <laughs> that game and played it and then his console red ringed on him within the hour mm. So I had a double dose of disappointment. Triple, really. I got Perfect Dark, Cameo, and a red-ringed Xbox. Oh, jeez. That's uh, okay. so Surprise you're still here, Josh. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm still an Xbox fan. But I've really wanted a modern take on Perfect Dark for a really long time. I love the N64 game so much. Mm-hmm. It is one of those games that I feel like only a handful of us are going to get truly excited for it because... Only a few of us are old enough to really remember that game at this mm-hmm. point. And it was one of those, when it came out, it was one of the only ones that used the expansion pack on the N64. It was but a top a of the Yeah, it was the, the, end of, the end of the N64 era. I'd say it was one of the last great games released. It was like that and Majora's Mask were like the last two oh, big Nintendo games. Oh, don't forget mm-hmm. Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, Conker's Bad Fur Day too. I'm so, I do really like Conker. But if you were going to revive something that is a franchise that Microsoft owns and give it to another studio, I think this was the absolute perfect one. I know people are screaming, oh, we want Banjo-Kazooie, we want Banjo-Kazooie. I'm fine with not getting Banjo, okay? 
I would like to see Microsoft try a platformer again eventually, but Perfect Dark is something that I feel appeals to that hardcore Xbox fan base. Mm-hmm. That is a game that is in line with if you're into things like Halo, you're into things like Gears. Uh, hell, even into like uh, I don't I don't know like some of these other things, some of the RPGs that they do. You know, Fable. There they've got Bethesda now. Like if you're into the core catalog of Xbox games. This is something that you may go, okay, I'm not super into spy games, but I like the grittiness of it. I like like just how I like how futuristic it is. I like the gadgets. I'm gonna try mm-hmm. this out. And especially they've confirmed that it's going to continue to be third person. I think that's really special. This is I an think awesome one, franchise. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's great about, you know, like it being so futuristic and stuff is like, you know, like you like I've I've kind of always been saying that, like if they did, you know, did do perfect dark over again. Like this gives them an opportunity to kind of like make a like something along the lines of why people love Splinter Cell and things like that, but not have to rely on Ubisoft to you know to to deliver something like that. Yeah. So like now now this is their chance to make something along that line that that fans can really enjoy, and we don't have to wait on another uh, you know company to make it for us. And right. Like and the thing with it being all futuristic is, we can get a lot of really cool new weapons. We can, you know, like we can still get our, you know, the ones that we that made us fall in love with, you know, the game originally. But you know, like it with it being so futuristic and techy, it's you know, like we can get some more fun. You know, maybe they're gonna come up with some cool, fun ideas like the laptop gun. You know, something else that that will, you know, be excited for, you know, like it's, you know, Halo can kind of do that, but they're also stuck in a, in a world where there's kind of already, you know, like weapon wise, there's kind of the things that they use are in the, in the books and in the stories already. And they can't, you know, deviate too much from what we already have. But, you know, this will give us a chance to kind of, you know, just add some, some cool, you know, fun, fun things that, that, uh, you know, will be new to the world. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to this game. Like I, like you, I was so disappointed with the one that came out with 360. And so like all of us have been waiting since the original for a really good, you know, perfect dark game. So it's been so long. (laughs) Like I'm so ready for it. Yeah. (laughs) This, kind of I liked Perfect Dark a lot when it came out Mm -hmm. Um, I was probably like most of you one of the kids that on every weekend would meet up with my friends would all compile our controllers and we would play uh, Goldeneye Mm -hmm. and then obviously this came out and it was kind of the answer on to like what are we going to play next and it was perfect dark for the most of us yeah it was the stopgap um, between GoldenEye and halo yeah for most of us and, i think and you mm-hmm. could play like well, even, it was the exact same team yeah and if you didn't have uh any friends you could play with the bots as long as you had that expansion pack. yeah which was always awesome um my concern is kind of the concern that happens with like similar to like mass effect so like Perfect Dark worked because you could tell that the team that created Goldeneye wanted to do more 
than what they could within like a James Bond IP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they created like a James Bond that was like kind of crazy so they could do all the fun stuff that they were thinking of that doesn't fit in the world of James Bond. At least that's how that's my impression of it. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. it was kind of like a more not to say more fun. That's not fair, but it was definitely like an off the rails version of this. Still kind of in the spy universe, but like all the weapons are crazy. Remember you had to was the aliens named Elvis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um my concern is that the inspiration for this game is perfect dark and not kind of like the kind of crazy sci-fi shooter that it should be. Um, that happened with Mass Effect and Andromeda. Mass, the original Mass Effect's inspirations were Blade Runner, uh, mm-hmm. Alien. You could tell like all these classic sci-fi things are in its DNA, and they're like, yeah. oh, like we want to have something that fits in like this kind of sci-fi world. And then Mass Effect Andromeda's biggest inspiration was Mass Effect. So it's like a you're forcing these characters into these situations that don't fit. That's my biggest concern. I am still excited for it. I want to play yeah. it. I want it to be good. I just hope that they don't rely too much on like there's not a lot of Joanna Dark source material out there that like they should be like sticking adhering mm-hmm. to. They should mm-hmm. feel free to like go crazy with it. I don't I, I love the laptop gun. I'm glad it's in there. That was the one thing that caught my eye as well. I hope yeah. there's so much more. Remember the gun that could, you could see through walls and shoot mm-hmm. through? Yeah. Walls? That'll like, be there. That'll be there for sure. But I, I want more. I want something that I haven't. So I, I just th- don't want like a greatest hits of like the stuff right. I've ever yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. I really think like what I, I feel like what they're gonna do is they're gonna have a lot of winks and nods to that those that first game in particular. Maybe not zero, but uh, that first game in particular. But I really feel like they're just gonna go out of their way to make this something brand new like a futuristic kind of spy game and, and you're going to get the laptop gun obviously. And probably the gun to see through walls, because honestly, like that power in every single game since Batman has been in every single game. And now that you have a gun to do it, it fits into like what people are doing now. Like I, I really feel like, I feel like they're just going to try something really new and different with it. If it's, if it's a, if it's a linear first person shooter, if it's a linear first-person shooter, nobody's going to care about it. It, it, it yeah. won't be. I mean, they, they've put so much stock into hiring the talent at the studio, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This When the studio was being founded, we had heard that Microsoft wanted to be the answer to Sony Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And the in the, the amount of talent that they could bring in there. And you've got Daryl Gallagher and Drew Murray leading the studio. Daryl was the head on both the Tomb Raider reboot and on Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm -hmm. Uh, He left, in fact, he left Crystal Dynamics um, right around the time Avengers was churning up. He really didn't want to do that, I guess. And Drew... (laughs) Good decision. Yeah, smart decision. Great fucking decision, by the way. (laughs) And Drew uh, used to be the head of gameplay over at Insomniac. He was actually the game director on Sunset Overdrive. So those are two guys I'm really glad. Like, Obviously, those are two... If you have the director of Rise and the director of uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, that is not Rise on a Rome, Rise of the Tomb Raider and of Sunset Overdrive coming to lead your studio, those are relationships that Phil Spencer and Matt Booty already had. That makes perfect sense to bring them in. And yeah, sure, their first game is technically an old IP, but there's nothing that says you have to follow Perfect Dark Zero and Perfect Dark. Mm-hmm. Those were set in the year like 2020 or something. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna do that. But you can use things like the laptop gun, the gun that can see through walls. You can use that as an inspiration to do a 
I don't want to say a reboot of Joanna Dark, but I mean, how much narrative was really in the N64 game? You know, I I, I, I truly cannot remember back yeah. 22 years. So yeah. for me, it's like, okay, I'm really glad that you're doing this. Like, I experienced Perfect Dark after the GameCube was already out, is when I was playing it. And I loved it. I've gone back and done it on the 360 through Rare Re or the 360 version is in Rare Replay. Yeah. Use Joanna. Uh, and I mean, just the confirmation that she's in it was the biggest thing. Like, I'd heard varying things leading up to the reveal that, oh, it's going to be episodic and set in there. They want to do it more Remedy style. And I mean, let me get something really clear. If you take those gameplay designers and you put them and you make this game a fusion of perfect dark and like control. Yeah. Holy well, wasn't shit, there a story that, that came awesome. out that said uh, uh, one of the writers from Control is working on this game? Did that, uh, or was uh, that uh, Fable? He's working on Fable. Okay, I couldn't remember okay. if it was Fable or Perfect Dark. The, the co-writer the co of Control, because Sam Lake does the main writing, their mm -hmm. co-writer uh, just joined Playground Games. Okay. So, you know what I'm, I, yeah. I'm all here for this. I, I'm, I to want, I'm totally in. I want what they did with Doom. Yes. T take what yeah. my memory was of mm -hmm. playing that game as a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doom 2016 and the original Doom, I would say, are almost nothing alike, but they are also exactly alike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, how I felt as like a, however old I was playing Doom for the first time is how I feel playing Doom now. That's what they need to do. As much as I wanted this to be a brand new franchise coming from this studio for their first game, I also think this is the sole franchise Microsoft has in the war chest that makes sense for those specific designers to do. Mm -hmm. Especially, especially on a, on a, you know, like story level, like you yeah. can really go places with a story with this, with this franchise. Like, you know, like there's, there's so much opportunity in it. And I, you know, and to be to be honest, I I could also see them doing almost the uh the the kind of the the uh the whole half-life kind of thing where where they really use this game to try to come up with new new ways to use the, you know, this new tech that's in the the series X to to really you know make some cool and interesting things and use use it to just come up with some new new ideas and things that maybe later down the line other games are going to try to you know copy or you know or try to do themselves like i i could definitely see them using this to try to come up with some some interesting ideas of of like gameplay type things just because like you know like that that was kind of one of the things that i feel like phil spencer had talked about like early on is that like you know like the, the talked about new interesting things you know coming in this next generation and you know and like just in general people talking about you know things that that you'll be able to do that we haven't really been able to do on other consoles you know on the previous uh generations so i i could definitely see them with the, with the the amount of you know just insane talent that that studio has you know that them just really coming up with something different and interesting that you know that tries to wow people and uh you know set an example moving forward 
but yeah. you know, I mean, maybe maybe that's me putting a little too much into the, you know, but I just feel like you know, like you don't make a super group like that, and you don't claim that it's gonna be, uh, you know, a quad A list, you know, dev company without. You know, there being some kind of, uh, you know, pushing to try to really make something different, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm act- like, I, just to, I know we got to move on. There's a there's a few other games I want to talk about, especially one that I know Jesse's excited for and probably Josh too. But uh, I'm kind of surprised this is going to be a first person game, to be honest with you. I thought I it was going to third. I'm pretty sure it's third. They've, they've confirmed it's first person. I th- I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, like, I was, I was, listen, I, w- I felt the same way. You know, I was kind of like, well, don't we have enough of those? But then, you know, I, I was listening to the recent episode of Unlocked, and they named off, you know, State of Decay, Gears, like all these games that we have that are third person already. And really, Halo is the only like first person game right now that we that we really have you know so yeah but i just so i thought Uh, i I just thought do we have it i I just thought like they're like we want to we want to take on sony santa monica we've hired all these crystal dynamic devs we've hired you know some people from naughty dog and and santa monica like clearly that i thought that was going to be like their take on this was like third person but uh this article from pc gamer five days ago says it's a first person shooter yeah so, uh, but speak- yeah I, oh. there's hellblade and stuff too i mean like yeah i, I think i think honestly i think hellblade in my opinion is could be very competitive with anything sony's got to offer like yeah, we'll get there. I don't know. We'll get there. I have this the whole list of announced things for Xbox. Yeah. But uh, the next thing I, I'm more interested in hearing about you guys, we'll get to the Bioware stuff in a second, but the Callisto Project, uh, which is the kind of Dead Space successor. Yeah, that game. <laughs> I'll play it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I missed it. I cannot space. wait. Did you, did you watch it? I seen someone post... Uh, I think Laron posted the uh, the Red Band trailer version. Mm-mm. This is oh. one of those like I saw I, I saw the initial release trailer, and yep. it's now on my list of things that I officially don't want to see anything else of. Okay, well the the Red the Red Band trailer just basically showed uh, what that that alien thing that attacks them in the cell mm-hmm. like what it does. Oh, I'm good. I'll wait. I'll wait. It's crazy, dude. I very few, very few things get me excited just off a trailer anymore because yeah. half the time they don't live up to the expectations we build in our minds. So yeah. keeping my hype in check with this, yeah, I really, really, really want to play this when it comes out. Though, do we know is it coming out twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? I don't think they said. I'm guessing okay. probably. Yeah, I'm it guessing is it probably later than sooner. It is set in the PUBG universe, guys. Yeah, I know. Twenty. Yeah, uh, Laurent says 2022. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah. Good thing Laurent's here. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Bioware had a big presence here. They showed another non 
non whatever for Dragon Age. Another <laughs> like what do you call it? Like a tone piece for Dragon Age. And uh they showed a tone piece for Mass Effect. Which clearly looks like a sequel to both games. Yeah. The Mass Effect one uh is and I keep I don't really have any massive uh, mass uh attachment to either of these franchises but the mass effect one was more exciting just like based on what i know in the lore like dragon age it's like okay cool like i probably won't touch it honestly i've never i've never played a dragon age game so i probably won't mass effect on the other hand like i i don't know if i'll ever go back and play the trilogy but not even the new release one not even the new i'm absolutely not paying money for the new release one what if it looks really good I'm still not buying it. Like, I for me to buy a remake or a reissue of a game now, it's gonna have to be on the level of like Resident Evil Two or Final Fantasy Seven remake. What if it which is? So few are going to do that. It sure. Let's say it is. If it is, then sure, I'll check it out when it comes to Game Pass. Mm. I don't like how you stuck to your guns there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah. you to buy this game. That's my new mission. Uh, yeah, I have been I, challenged that's... to play Andromeda, though, as someone who has no attachment. Uh, yeah. I've been challenged to play that just so like I don't have the baggage, I guess, of the trilogy. So I am going to give that a shot. It's a little bit more recent. Um, I liked Andromeda. It wasn't never terrible. I, never I didn't finish it. it. I didn't finish it either, but it, I I also played it like six months after it came out, and there was like yeah. 47 patches. and. Oh. Uh. I played it. I bought like the stupid whatever hundred dollar edition. I've played. The, I've played the first Mass Effect. I would say at least ten times, and then probably like six and four, going uh-huh. down the line. And uh, I was so excited for Andromeda. And it's not that I. I would say I can get over technical issues because as mm-hmm. patches and stuff come out, those get solved. But like mm-hmm. I just didn't care about anything that was happening in that game i just didn't give a shit and like then i ran into like a technical problem where my game save got corrupt and i could not progress any further and i was just like i'm not starting over yeah that's 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 where i left it that's rough yeah like the thing the thing is like (laughs) i'm gonna be honest like with just the way things have been going for that that (laughs) that company uh, or that developer, it's it's just really really hard for me to get excited for anything that they that they're announcing, and tell like I'm I'm to the point of where I just gotta see it, I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta see it, I gotta mm-hmm. see the full finished product, and if it's and if people are saying it's good, well then I I'll be excited and and possibly give it a shot, but until then I just I'm burnt out with with them right now. I my honest reaction to seeing the Mass Effect trailer would be like, if I was being dramatic, would be like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. How dare you not show me gameplay? You have not earned the right to show me a cinematic trailer for anything anymore. Put your money where your mouth is. Talk to me when you have gameplay. Well, footage. not only that, let's not lose sight of the fact that they also showed Dragon showed the trailer for Dragon Age at this, and. This is what, like, the third event that we've seen something that is not actual gameplay for Dragon Age, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is coming out before Mass Effect. So Mass Effect is probably at best four years off. At best. Neither of these games even have a title either. Like, it just said Mass Effect will continue. 
Well, no mm-hmm. shit. It's your biggest franchise. <laughs> Why would it not? You know, yeah, like I, I, and uh, like well, Laurent says, the Bioware's been doing this for five years. I definitely don't disagree. Like they've done this for a long time, but a lot of AAA devs do this, and I I really think the situation around not to turn it to Cyberpunk, but I think the situation around Cyberpunk and how it handled its marketing and its reveals is going to affect how we see AAA games announced going forward. Mm. It's not enough to drop a cinematic trailer and just drop those for years, and then, oh, we're finally going to show you gameplay like six months before release, and it's nothing like what you built up in your mind. That's not going to work anymore. That's not going to fly. Microsoft, in particular, has a horrible habit of doing this. Uh, I mean, look back to the July event. Almost everything we got from their first party studios were all CG trailers, all just proof of concept, which is fine, but to an extent, uh, it's fine to an extent, I guess I should say. Like for your first reveal, you better have gameplay. Yeah, first reveal. Yeah. No. Yep. When we're on the fourth, third or fourth one for Dragon Age, though, I start going, okay, this is a studio that their last two releases have been real bad in the public eye. You might want to get this nailed down before you start doing all these CG and dev diaries and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. or or I would have I would have accepted more so than a cinematic trailer, them explaining what the fuck they're thinking. Yeah, like yeah. like show a board meeting and being like, here's concept art. This is what we're doing. We really wanted to do this. We we realized that this happened then, and this is what we're going with this. And like show like I would rather you give me a sketch than you mm-hmm. show me, like, a fully rendered Synopsis. cinematic thing. It's like, who the <laughs> fuck did that? Why is it... Sorry, I'm cursing a lot today. Uh, like, <laughs> who, who... Like, you spent time and money on this cinematic trailer to show me probably three or four years before the game actually comes out instead of just working on the GD game. Just work on the game. Work on the game. That would make me happy. Well, that trailer is probably this announcement, they I'm now sure. have four projects in development at Bioware. Well, I'm sure four. there's only, like, like one and what, a half at a time. Let's see what they have. They have Old Republic, which is still ongoing, and Anthem Next, both of which are taking up all the resources of the Austin office as of right now. God. And then you have Dragon Age and Mass Effect supposedly both in development. Who, dude, when when the Old Republic came out, who if you would have told somebody that that was like the their best the BioWare's best product right now, you would have laughed in their face. I also can't believe that's the one thing that survived the Disney EU video game purge was the fucking old Republic cash go of all <laughs> things. That's what survived the purge. Yeah. Why on earth would you like keep like who, who is waiting for the next Anthem at this point? Nobody, not a single soul. Why? Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Like, why? Like, you're like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna fix it all in the next one, guys. We promise. Being like, yeah, but you've well, said that for, like every that, game. We got the announcement right around the time of the game awards when Casey Hudson left that the director of the Anthem do over, I guess you could. I'm not even gonna call Anthem next like they call it. It's a do over. Is gonna be the head of Bioware in general? Like, what? Who the? What has he done to? I'm sorry. What has this person done to earn this? What on earth has this guy done to earn that job? Because by all accounts, Anthem is a steaming pile of shit. So fine. why would you promote one of the people in charge of the debacle to oversee the whole studio after you just showed two others the door? How many people are Parks and Recreation fans here? So two solid. Jesse, uh, you won't get this. Bioware at this point 
is like the Andy Dwyer early on in the season. It's like mm-hmm. kind of like just like freeloading, kind of like <laughs> abusing their girlfriend. Like they know we're in a relationship and that we love them, so we're going to forgive them on everything. But then they just do stuff that's just like unexcusable. It's just like you don't have a job. You're just sitting on the couch. You keep telling me you're going to do something. And when I come home, you've done nothing. Like, by, like Bioware, I do love you. Gonna... And I want you to do well. And you've done so many cool things in the past. However, all the people that did those cool things in the past aren't there anymore. So what you're telling me still is still using the same shit. We're gonna find the Edmonton office in a pit in a tent someday, just it's like hanging out. Happen. They're gonna be like Anthem next, guys. We're working on it, and it's a guy in a tent sketching like suits of armor with a crayon and a piece of charcoal that he built out of a fire. <laughs> like it's not going well, guys. Don't show me a cinematic trailer. I'm not dumb. <laughs> oh man. To to be fair, if Mass Effect, the next Mass Effect, like, on a personal level, I'm excited for more Mass Effect, but I also am worried because of what's happened with Bioware. That's, that's... Yeah, that's, you should uh-huh. be. So. Um, yeah, and that's, that's exactly what I, where I'm sitting. It's just, I don't care, man. Just show me the game. <laughs> uh, so, the second to last game we're going to talk about is... Uh, I mean, I don't know how much we're going to talk about it, but Arc 2 is coming. It's an Xbox console exclusive starring Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Uh, what were they calling World it? World premiere. What were they, some people were calling it, what, the Fast and the Prehistoric or something? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I don't remember. Too but... Fast, too Dino. Yeah. <laughs> That's That's even better. Josh coined that. Name of the episode, Too Fast, Too Dino. He should have been. I, I would have accepted like him being in like a new Turok game. That makes. That's what I thought it was the, at the first. The fast and the prehistoric. I really thought it was a new Turok at first. I like. Speaking of a speaking of a franchise that's like bursting at the seams for something cool, Turok. I liked the one uh-huh. that the reboot on 360. Now, granted, yeah, I haven't played it in like I don't know what years at 2020, like 13 years, but it was a cool I, I idea. I don't hate myself enough to play this game. They, if you play the original like Torok, they remastered it for the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's real fast. Oh it's no, no, really I'm not good. talking about Turok. I'll play Turok. I, I don't hate myself enough to play Arc. Yeah, oh I yeah. There, there, I've I've played some things that have been torturous in my life. I played Cyberpunk pre-patch. I played Oblivion <laughs> where my save got corrupted on the 360 before they changed it from T to M. Mm-hmm. I've gone through some shit. I played Bethesda games day one. I'm absolutely not <laughs> playing this steaming pile of garbage. Why the why the fuck was this a game that we paid exclusivity for? I I, I just Phil, because I Ark is Arc one of the, is massive. Yeah, Ark is like I one of the. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. So Ark is. I get that Arc is popular. I don't Arc know why, sense. but I feel like Ark is too is big. Any- like Ark is big enough to where you don't need to pay for exclusivity i feel like i would also argue that you don't you can create all new content for arc and you don't need to make it arc 2 like that is like the destiny destiny 2 thing Mm -hmm. to me waiting to happen like Mm -hmm. it come out fine new content new whatever you have another like just don't call it don't they already have another exclusive dinosaur shooting game there's a yeah. There's a second extinction is coming, and I'm so excited yeah. for that. So why that why... game is stupid fun? Man, yeah. there's gonna be a giant e tag on this on this episode. But why the fuck do we need another dinosaur shooting game? 
I just Vin Diesel looks really out of place in this too. Yeah, because it's Vin Diesel. Well, I, I, yeah, I was gonna say extremely of all out people, of place. Why would you pick Vin game? Diesel to be well, the? Vin Diesel has over a thousand hours in this game. Apparently, did you know he yeah, also they're probably gonna like Apple? They're gonna. Force they hired his music him and he's, on us. They hired him and he's also now like co-producer and co-director on this game now. And he actually like works for the studios and folded his game studio into it, which was already only like three people. I will say that Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay like is a fucking great That's game. That's what I was going to get to. If we're going to put Vin Diesel in anything, can I just get a sequel to Butcher Bay and we'll call we it We did. Assault on Dark Athena for 360. Got it. Did you play it? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a modern one? Yeah, why is why does he look like he's back in like 1999 from the first Fast and the Furious? Laurent has a point here. Because because that's when he was cool. Are we gonna good. get Tyrese and Ludacris as downloadable content? Mm-hmm. Let me let me just say that if I'm ever in a video game, you better get the best looking version of me, which is probably from about 10 years ago at this point. So they mm-hmm. needed to go back to Fast Five for him then, because that's like yeah. he was fucking massive in Fast Five. Mm. Mm. I'm going to need to see him throwing down with a dinosaur, and I need him to have some ridiculous contract in this game like he does with the Fast and the Furious, where nobody can ever win in a fight over him. It has to end in a draw, because that's what him, The Rock, and Jason Statham all demanded in their contracts. If we get another dinosaur shooting game, I want it to be a Dinosaurs for Hire video game. You guys ever played Dinosaurs for Hire? No. I have not, no. It's like, so it was a Sega Genesis game. It's also a comic book. But basically, like, you have, like, three dinosaur bounty hunters, basically. But the dinosaurs do the shooting, yeah. and it's fucking Is this, great. Oh, was this, like, a side-scrolling game? It was, Can I yeah. get Jeff like Goldblum in a dinosaur game, though? I remember that he, game. He is. Yeah. He's in the Jurassic Park game. Yeah, he's in the Jurassic Park. I said Park. a good one. Jurassic Park Evolution is actually pretty I said good. A good. I said a good dinosaur game. It's though. okay. If you like the, the theme park simulators, you'd like Yeah, it. if you like the Orca Tycoon. I need Jeff Goldblum to be my AI companion. No, we don't need Nolan North. I need Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's that Jurassic Park game. He's like your narrator. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want. I, I need want, him as my I like how we just called Josh out on two separate things that he wants, and they both exist, and then he refuses <laughs> to play them. <laughs> I'll play them when they come to Game Pass. No, I won't. Well, uh, the Jurassic Park game was on Game Pass, wasn't it? Or no? It was a game with gold. Or no, it's free. It's free. Yeah, yeah, it's a game with gold. Was, oh yeah, I saw I that. Think and I, it. I think it's free, but yeah, you have to pay for the upgrade. <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, where where did my what's our last off? one, Corey? Yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, Open Roads, uh, the new. Project by uh, the team that did Gone Home and Tacoma. So I don't really know anything else about this game. I feel like, Josh, you're excited. I feel like this is a Josh game. All I know is that two of my favorite ladies, Carrie Russell and Caitlin Deaver, are in this game. Mm. And I'm so excited. Carrie Russell. I'm guys. so excited for this. Look, 12, 13-year-old me would have been very excited. Carrie Russell, Felicity. Uh, the only reason why I watched Felicity. Old Josh, who has watched all of the Americans, is very excited. Mm, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. So, very. Yeah, no. I, in all seriousness, though, I really like the games this studio puts out, and this is this is a Josh game. This is something I'm absolutely going to play a lot of. Yeah. 
So that's all, that's that's all I got to say. I want that, and I want Evil Dead real bad. Evil Dead, I am excited for. If it through the glimpses of gameplay, it kind of looks like Resident Evil Four to me. Yep. And if it's anything like, I don't give a shit if they just reskinned Resident Evil Four with Ash and Bruce Campbell's voice, and they just kind of like reskinned it like. That'd be fine with me. Mm-hmm. And go for the humor, like kind of the more humorous stuff. I don't even need the humor. Yeah, I just need I just need one liners that don't even need to fit the situation that Bruce Campbell can just say. So, they can just get so, a day's worth of recording. Just have him be like, just say whatever so, you want. So Resident <laughs> Evil mixed with uh Duke Nuka. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so to, to to wrap up part one of this this massive episode, Corey, uh, I have one more. Oh thing in the game no! Awards. What do you want? Yeah, back, back for, blood. for blood, baby, back Come for on, blood. That was like the second. Who else is excited for this? Who else oh. likes Left for Dead? I've never I'm played Left for Dead. I'm excited now that I have friends that play <laughs> online. I'm very excited. Our friend Ray Apollo was playing the alpha this weekend. And I was not sold on this game until I saw the actual gameplay. And now it's like, just put it in me now. I need this. Yeah. Whoa. I need this now. This is my summer game of next year already. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, the second my... that there's a console uh... beta, you'll never see, you won't hear from me for like a mm, week. Summer. My friends, my friends, uh, my best friends are already. They message me on Facebook. They're like, oh, we got to play this when this comes out. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I've got. I've got a couple of people that I'm going to be playing it with already. So I've never played Left 4 Dead. Uh, so uh, Corey, so good. what? I don't have any friends. I didn't. Corey hasn't. So Corey though. hasn't played like Left 4 Dead. He hasn't seen Back to the Future. He's only seen the first Lord whoa, of the Rings. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not. Whoa, that's not even the worst. We can do this in private. Let's not do this publicly. No, oh, no. All right, no, Josh. Josh, I need you to rapid fire five movies, and I want to tell you if I've seen them or not. Uh, oh god. Rapid Now, go! No, because we've already gone through some of the ones I would have said. Oh, uh, you lost. I did. Okay. I'm still waiting. <laughs> That's how important those games I are. Have to, well, I have to think of movies that are non-Disney properties. Godfather. Nope. Scarface. Jaws. No to both of those. You didn't see Jaws? No. Oh. Saving Private Ryan. Nope. We can't just go see Bilberg. Ease off. Pump the brakes. That was four. I need Ryan. one more. Nope. Okay. Uh, uh, Platoon. What? No. It's a Nintendo game. No, Squid uh, Kids. All right. So the last segment of this this uh, first half. Singing in the rain. Nope. Um. Bed knobs and broomsticks. I have seen bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> that's a great yeah, movie. God damn it, right. Corey. It's a Disney movie, though. It's it a is Disney a Disney movie. God though. damn it. That's a great movie. I used to be obsessed with that movie. Me too. I Me like too. that. Dude, they fly I around. I had it on beta. They fly around in cartoon lands on a bed. That sounds amazing. Um, all right. So I've written down all of the announced Xbox published games and what their studios are working on that have been announced. And I have a segment, a uh, section uh, that says rumored and unannounced games, which. Uh, we can go through too, but uh, I'm just going to run down the list and we can kind of talk about what we're excited for. So 343, obviously working on Halo Infinite. Ninja Theory is working on Project Mara and Senua's Sacrifice. Uh, Flight Simulator is coming to Series X and S next summer. Uh, the next Forza is coming. Fable from Playground. State of Decay 3 from Undead Labs. Avowed from Obsidian. Grounded from Obsidian. Uh, 
Perfect Dark from the Initiative, Everwild from Rare, Starfield from uh, Bethesda Game Studios, Elder Scrolls Six, uh, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo. Of course, they're PlayStation Time exclusives, but they're going to come to Xbox eventually. Uh, Psychonauts Two from Double Fine, Minecraft Dungeons DLC from Mo Yang, Minecraft Worlds from Mo Yang, which is a mobile game. Um, more Minecraft, I'm assuming, from Mo Yang. Uh, as Dusk Falls from Interior Night, which is a break-off studio from Quantic Dream, which did uh, Detroit Become Humans, their most recent game. Uh, sea of Thieves seasonal content from Rare. Age of Empires 4 from World's Edge, uh, assuming that might come to Xbox at some point. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online expansion from ZeniMax Online. And Fallout 76 expansions from Bethesda Game Studios. Uh, the rumored and unannounced games, uh, assuming the Coalition is working on a sequel to Gears 5. Compulsion Games' next game, which is rumored to be a Bioshock-esque story-driven game. Uh, a big rumor that was floating around uh, a couple weeks ago was Forza Horizon 5 from Playground. Might come before Forza Motorsport. Uh, Machine Games uh, probably working on Wolfenstein 3. Id Software is probably working on DLC for Doom or a Doom sequel. In Exile's new Unreal Engine 5 RPG. Roundhouse Studios uh, is a support studio for most of their games. And then Alpha Dog uh, is one that they acquired from Bethesda. And they do they specialize in mobile games. So Xbox has a ton of games coming. And that's not including Obsidian's third project, which we don't know much so about either. So I had I had a I had a really like quick thought about um, the the Forza Motors Motorsports the new one that they're coming up with like I almost wonder if they're gonna use the same technology that they use for Flight Simulator for this like where you could like literally drive like on like realistic like road like like literally using the satellite data to to map roads and all that stuff and literally be able to drive in a their version of like like basically real world you know like um i i could see that but also i think like flying like getting that data and making it look realistic yeah. really high up in the air look would is more ideal than like you know, actually featuring a real world type of ground based game, you know? Um, well, I like, I think they could still do it the same way where like most of it is just uh, like, you know, like they obviously from the satellite data, they can see roads. They don't have to really technically make every house look, you know, like it really does or, you know, have things like that be realistic. Like just having the actual road maps and, and then you know, like doing like they did in, in uh, Flight Simulator, where you have the specific places where you do races and things like that, be very authentic and look, you know, look exactly like it actually does. But everything else, you know, just kind of be just going off the basic roadmaps that you see from you know from the satellite info. Like I, like I was just thinking, like I wonder if. Because, you know, like that tech has done so much for Flight Simulator and like it's just kind of like crazy to think that they wouldn't maybe try to use that tech that they've made and and, you know, and that that stuff for something else. You know, like I like I said, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, shot for shot by any means of, 
you know, like real world, but but they could still have the basic, you know, lay, map layout of road and stuff like that. But yeah, they can do that now though without using the mm-hmm. satellite data though. You know what I mean? Because like it's yeah. not like you're gonna go through the forest or anything like that. Like yeah, I, I don't know. I would like I like the idea of the tech that. When you go like when you go off the predefined path, they have an algorithm in place. It's like okay, this area is roughly this, and we'll just sprinkle in some stuff so it looks mm-hmm. passable. Um, yeah. But then they would have to make like an open world Forza game in order for that to happen. And uh, we kind and of maybe, already have that with Horizon. I I want I want a I I think games like this, these IPs, these big franchises, these tent poles. Need to start mm-hmm. doing hubs. I want to download a Forza hub like I can. Master Master Chief is a good precursor to, I think, what comes next with Halo for, like, this game. But, like, give me a hub, give me Forza hub, and then let me add the content that I want to play. And you can just keep releasing content within that same thing. And I think, I think it would be good. I think that's what Forza is going to turn into, though, because there's no number attached to it. I feel like they're going to go, like, a season seasonal yep. route a season pass route a battle yep. battle pass route i guess you would call mm-hmm. it uh and that's i think that's what you're gonna get i am yeah I'm see okay I, that's that. what i think is this is a in between between the two for forzas like it's like they've already said it's going to be open world like they have people who've worked on like uh on uh grand theft auto and all these big open world games working with them on it right now so like that's that's kind of why I why I thought about the whole like you know that but in flight simulator kind of style. Hmm. So, um, so I I think one of the biggest games that I'm I mean I I think Hellblade Two is really exciting for mm-hmm. me honestly. Yeah, me too. I want it to be bigger than the first game, especially because they have a Microsoft budget behind them now instead of just their own independent 20 person team working on it. Right. Like I want this to be, mm-hmm. I want this to be their, their answer to horizon zero dawn. Honestly, like I want, I want them to explore. I want a big open world to explore. And like the way that, you know, the first game kind of dealt with, uh, you know, psychosis and, and, you know, the, the voices kind of tricking you in terms of like, Oh, there's an enemy behind you dodge. And there really wasn't, or, you know, some, something like that, or the way that gears five handled like Kate's hallucinations and stuff. Like I want that stuff to affect, uh, the open world, the way that Senua sees the open world, but I want it to be this big open world, right? Like I want to go explore this new area. Um, I don't think well, it's going to be that, but I, I want like, that's what I would love it to be because that trailer was like, just seeing the trailer and it, it just got me really excited for it made me go back in a hundred percent sending a sacrifice. Like mm-hmm. that trailer made me go back in a hundred percent that game. Well, this like, this is my thought. Like, you know, we've got that game medium coming out where mm-hmm. they're, where they where you're doing your, you're existing in two different worlds same time. But what if they do the whole, like, where she starts having hallucinations and the entire world just like that with these new hard drives, mm-hmm. like just like you get to all of a sudden just see like that falter of reality yeah. 
and all of a sudden you're in a different yeah like, like when you, you would walk it through, just looks completely different like when you would walk through those doors in the first game and like it would change some of the elements in the in that area like what if you yeah. like went through one of those doors and it changed the entire landscape of the world or it changed like okay well this is like clearly the normal world but here's like here's yeah. you're now in like hell's version of the world or whatever and you have to fight your way or, out or something yeah or i'm saying like what if it even while you're in the middle of something she's having an episode and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it just changes on you like while you're you're doing stuff like yeah like it just like because you know like mental illness doesn't wait for anyone it, it's gonna happen when it wants to and you know, if it's not under control. And so, you know, like I could see them like straight up just having like, you know, without the, uh, the warp tunnels, like, you know, like what Ratchet and Clank's doing Mm -hmm. where things just will all of a sudden just look different, completely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like they, they could definitely have fun with that and just the new tech and just things being able to, you know, change a lot easier and things like that. So, yeah. Um, also like a gear sequel always excites me. So, mm-hmm. uh, Josh, what excites you on this list? Um, what's tickling your fancy? I mean, so my first takeaway from this list is like, y'all know that I, I love Xbox. I'm an ardent defender of even their more mediocre games, mediocre in the eyes of the public. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. But the f- first thing that I noticed about this list, and that honestly concerns me, is that almost all of these are sequels, or they're revitalizations of previous properties, such as in the case of Perfect Dark and Fable. And I know I just said how excited I was for Perfect Dark. I'm really excited for Fable. I like the fact that these all these awesome games are getting sequels, but I'm also starting to feel the over-reliance on the Halo, Forza, and Gears brands mm-hmm. overall, even though they're doing new games in these types of series. You know, we have the Horizon mm-hmm. series, which I would argue is probably surpassed base Forza Motorsport as the most popular type of racing game on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It definitely appeals to more people. Halo has been in kind of a weird state ever since Bungie handed off the franchise to 343. Not that I think it's necessarily been bad, but it's been in a very weird place with two base base games, two mobile games, an arcade cabinet, and, well, Master Chief Collection, which finally works. And I just, I want more original ideas. So when I hear the rumors about Compulsion working on bioware or a bioware-esque project i get really excited about that i get excited knowing that starfield is on the way i get Mm -hmm. excited knowing that zenimax online is working on a yet untitled game uh with a brand new branch of their studio in san diego which we won't see for three four years probably i think about those and that's what excites me more i'm not jazzed for another wolfenstein i've played three of them this generate three or four of them this generation i'm uh, last gen i'm good I'm good on those for a while. I'm good on Doom for a little while. Yeah. I'm good. On, I'm fine on Gears and on. I mean, I want to see how Gears' story ends, but I mean, after we just got High Busters, I'm really hoping that whatever Six is kind of retires the franchise for five, ten years. You know, let it come back and have that God of War 2018 moment. That's what I want to see. Like, let it have a Ratchet and Clank style resurgence, like it did with the reboot, and then now with the one that's about to come out. Um. I guess, so I guess Compulsion's game excites me um, probably the most out of any of those because it is one of those, like, we don't know anything about it. 
Avowed obviously does, which I mean, Avowed, the, the world in Avowed is only going to be familiar to you if you've played Pillars of Eternity, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of console players have not played. I myself have not played it. I All I know about Pillars of Eternity is simply from what friends of mine who have played them on PC or like the console ports have been like, oh my god, you need to play this such a rich, deep world. And Avowed is set in that world, and that's a very Skyrim-ass game from what we've seen of the, the brief teaser we were shown. That's something that'll tickle my fancy. I'll absolutely dump 100, 150 hours into that, without a doubt. Same with Bethesda Game Studios titles, but if you're going like just based off what they technically have the rights to at this exact moment, there's not a ton. Really, it's anything coming from Obsidian and In Exile. Like, Microsoft is leaning real hard into the, we want to be the place for role-playing players to come. We want to be the platform. Whether you play it here, you play it on Windows, you play it on mobile, we want to be the people you think of when you think quality RPGs. And with how bad CD Projekt Red just fumbled the ball at the goal line, essentially, with Cyberpunk, what competition really is there left for major Western RPGs? Mm -hmm. There's not. Like most of them are consolidated now once the Bethesda sale goes through in 2021 to Xbox, to Microsoft. So you kind of have to buy that. You kind of have to buy an Xbox or you have to be have a capable PC to play these games. Microsoft, Microsoft has all these games announced. And I have no doubt that I can get excited about almost any project they announce. What matters for me now is the execution. I'm tired of getting excited and something being really lackluster or something not being finished when it comes out. Or it's cool, but nobody knows about it because there was no marketing. All the marketing was spent on so ridiculous ad campaigns that have nothing to do with a specific game. Like It's not like a Sony title where I'm bombarded with coverage and with first first looks in all on all these online magazines, through digital outlets, through podcasts, through everything else. We don't get that with Microsoft games. Microsoft's had some great ad campaigns, but when it comes to individual games, they're terrible. You can have a great game. Ori and the Will of Wisps is a great example. You can have shit-ass marketing, though. And, for example... I love the first story. I didn't even know Will of Wisps came out until about three days after. And that was because one friend of mine was like, oh, hey, this is on Game Pass. Have you checked this out? Like, no, because I didn't know it came out yet. I thought it was still two months away. Like, that's... So I guess getting back to games, like, I just... I really want to see what they do with these RPG studios. I want to see if they can deliver on the promises that they're making. Mm -hmm. Because it's all marketing speak, but... At a certain point, the excuses do run out. And with Microsoft, as much as I love them, I think they bought themselves a little bit of time unknowingly with COVID. But this launch was a disaster for them on the first person on the first party front. The first half of 2021 is looking to be a disaster as well. Once you hit June of next year, you better have all this shit coming out. Your COVID excuses are going to be up by next summer. They just are because either you've gotten into a rhythm working from home or you're back in the studio. There will be no more excuses at that point. So give it to me. If you got to punt something, cool, but you better have something smaller scale in the meantime for me to digest. This mm-hmm. year was awesome with some of the smaller games. They worked with outside studios. You know, Tell Me Why is one of my favorites of the year. I really like, I actually kind of enjoy Battletoads. I'm not going to say it's amazing, but it was a really fun couch co op game. But what else was there? I mean, Gears Tactics was their big game of the year, really. Mm-hmm. Gears Tactics. Yeah, and great game. game. Yeah, because we're great game, we but it can't getting, carry you. 
No, it's yeah, like a it it's like a flight simulator this year. It would have been better. Look, but no, yeah, I mean, Joe and I have talked about this. Like, we're really glad that Halo got delayed. Right. But Gears Tactics was supposed to be the supplemental game to Halo this fall, like in terms of yeah. first party. Let's be and, honest. And Gear, don't get me wrong. Gears Tactics is fine as like your second or third tier launch game. Mm-hmm. But if you're launching something you tout as the most powerful box ever made, you have to have an exclusive that shows that off. Mm-hmm. And that's on Microsoft for putting all their chips into one game. And I don't play. If I was Microsoft, I'd put all my chips into the Halo basket too. But something clearly has gone wrong at 343. Uh, we, we've seen this time and time again with studios. Like, I don't know what needs to change, but something does on a studio management level, lest you end up with a CD Projekt Red style disaster. Yeah. So that's it. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm still really excited. Give me uh, give me all the Western RPGs. I'll play them all. I'll spend like 100 hours in all these games. I love them. I'd uh, rather have those than shooters at this point in my life. Yeah. But holy God. Mm-hmm. Speaking of shooters, Joe, are you excited for Halo still? <laughs> I am. I mean, like, I, it, when it comes down to it, I'm someone that plays like the same five games i always kind of like gravitate back i will get enticed by a game i do have like a love for rpgs but it's got to nail a few different elements properly for me to really sink its teeth into me and keep me there otherwise Mm -hmm. i'm always kind of go back i i like the loop of playing like a multiplayer match in halo or call of duty or any of those games like i like it's like oh you you demand maybe Anywhere from five to fifteen minutes of my attention, I get a little minute and a half respite, and then I get to go back in and I get to do that loop. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I like, I like Halo. I'm still excited for Halo. I I hope they don't mess it up. My concern is that like it it has the same launch problems like that most other games have, and then it's difficult for it to recovery because so much is relying on its first impression. Mm-hmm. So, like, especially they, Halo, they can't, <laughs> they can't chance that. They can't, Josh, to kind of go to what you were saying. They can't do what a CD Projekt Red has done. They, they have exhausted that goodwill bank account, and they need it yeah. to be good at launch. Whether that's releasing only multiplayer multiplayer at launch or only the campaign at launch and then the other one coming shortly thereafter like whatever they they floated this year whatever they come out with you off no it's fine that like that needs to be good whatever is released outside of that like i'm really excited for starfield that Mm -hmm. i i like skyrim and i'm not super into the medieval fantasy genre Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the space stuff. So if you were to be like, "Hey, here's Skyrim in space with space stuff," I'm like, "This is fine. <laughs> I'm I'm all for this." Yeah, um, I agree. As much as I would love to say that I want more original IPs because I I do, but I need them to take place of Halo or take place of Yep Call of Duty. Um, I it needs to replace that for me. Uh, that that itch that constant like oh i can i can invest a thousand hours into this game and not really feel like i've you know exhausted what i can my replayability there um so yeah i'm still excited for halo i they they need to nail it i also really want to play death loop uh i i like the tarantino style yeah i'm really excited there's two things i really i want to piggyback off joe real fast i know we're going a bit long here but 
there's two things I think Microsoft does extremely well, and that is, like we said, they going back to their RPG roots is a great idea here. Mm-hmm. They also have always done multiplayer really, really well, and I really like that about them. I want them to find a healthy mix, though, of give me some multiplayer that isn't just Halo, Gears, and Forza. Likewise, give me some RPGs that aren't just Elder Scrolls and Fable. Like, I am excited that Starfield is coming. That's a brand new thing. Wasteland is a completely different kind of RPG than I would normally play, but is arguably my game of the year right now. That is absolutely my biggest surprise of the year is how much I fell in love with Wasteland, which is kind of Mm -hmm. the precursor to what Fallout became eventually under Bethesda. You know, the original Mm -hmm. creators of Fallout was Interplay, which became In Exile. I love those types of games, and I think you have an opportunity. Like, they've shown that you can tell a good story in a shooter. You can tell a good story in an action-adventure game, you know, in a third-person shooter. Everybody's looking for that one game that is going to rival Naughty Dog or rival Sony Santa Monica, and I think that's the absolute wrong kind of mindset to have. Sure, it would help you to have a killer app like that. What a lot of people don't understand is how much of an anomaly the generation we just went through was for a first person or for a first party studio. Sony absolutely knocked it out of the park. You, we have arguably not seen a console manufacturer do that, maybe since the PS2, maybe before, where you have that many hit after hit after hit after hit that came from Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo. And you just, everybody keeps saying like, oh, we need the next Horizon. We need the next God of War. How about we focus on like the first, just hypothetically, the first Starfield, the first insert name here for the next title from In Exile. Like Mm -hmm. we could try and emulate all day long, but ultimately you're doing that four or five years at best after a title already came out. We've moved on to new things at that. Correct. Point. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Well, and I just, I just things. like I, I loved how unique Quantum Break and Sunset Overdrive were. Like I, I beat this horn so many times on this show. I love that Quantum Break essentially was the predecessor to Control. I love that Sunset Overdrive's movement was very much the basis for what we got in Spider Man. That's really cool. Like you're taking risks and doing those. But you also got to make sure people know that they exist. Maybe don't give me a mandatory download where I got to download 70 gigs of HD video with it, too. Like, you know, there, there's just there's mitigating factors like you have these awesome ideas and then you get like intercepted or you throw an incomplete pass at the 15 yard line and you you commit a self penalty. I don't know what you want to call it. I'm not good at sports analogies. But you you keep doing this harm to yourself and good ideas only get you so far. It's gameplay and it's the word of mouth that carry you. Mm-hmm. So we'll see yeah, if I well, can actually do it. Well, and I think I think the thing is too though is like yeah, like doing a new IP can be difficult, but at the same time there's also a whole stigma or a, a whole, you know, expectation that comes from doing something, you know, a sequel or whatever to something that, that doesn't exist that, you know, like, uh, like people can be excited and intrigued by a game and, you know, there's none of that expectation, like as far as, you know, it needing to continue something or, you know, and and like as far as the whole like trying to compete with the Sony 
uh, games that we've got. You also don't want a company to just completely do something that that isn't their like their strong suit, just to try to go up against something else. You know, so I I want these company these devs to do a better version of things that they know how to do already, but you know, like, but give us something new. I think, and like, I think the the best example right now though of of that where like a company sticking to what they know, but they have a small team working on something that's totally out of their wheelhouse is Obsidian, right? Like they've they're <laughs> making. They're making a vowed. They did Outer Worlds, but they also have a small team working on Grounded, which is like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool experiment. But like you said, Jesse, like, I don't think Microsoft Studios are in a position to try something new, quote unquote, because they haven't, and to, to Josh's point, they haven't nailed what they're supposedly good at in a long time. And mm-hmm. the only games that we got that were great this this generation were from second party deals like quantum break and uh sunset overdrive and you know some of these other ones like tell Mm -hmm. me why and whatever like i i i don't know i i just i think there's a lot here to be excited for but there's also a lot of caution that comes with that excitement Mm -hmm. so yeah uh yeah and i think that's again like that's that's the problem with not doing a new IP versus continuing something you're already doing. Yeah. You know, I, I do think that comes along with that though. Yeah. Year. I want to thank everybody so much for watching Josh. Where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on tower casuals on Thursday nights, and then you can find me on Twitter and on Twitch at, at Josh underscore Finn with two ends. And uh, this week we're finishing up cyberpunk. And we're going straight into Assassin's Creed Valhalla once Christmas hits. Mm, great game. Nice. I started playing that again this week. It's very good. Uh, Jesse, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me almost everywhere as Phantom NXS. And uh, Josh, I did get a chance to. I think I mentioned it. I watched your you do you could do the raid and stuff like that. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty interesting. So yeah, yeah we've it's... been streaming on Reset Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. So. Joe, where can we find you? Best place is going to be those show notes because it's K3RNL underscore panic on Twitter. That's my hub. It's a great name, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go keep at it. Keep at that name. Keep clinging to it. Yep. Uh, you can find me at I am Corey and HC on Twitter and Instagram. I want to thank everybody so much for watching. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.